All right, here we go. Fresh off of hiatus, the summer of 2020 hiatus. Hi, everybody. I'm JR Mann. Welcome to your Life's Work podcast. How are you? How you doing? Hope you've been enjoying your summer. We enjoyed ours. I took a couple of weeks off from the pod. Well, I took a, probably a month off of the big podcast. But listen, you're not counting on this, are you? If you're counting on this, write me and tell me you're counting on this, and then maybe I'll get more serious about it. <laughs> somebody says, why do you do a podcast? And I'm like, I feel like I've been podcasting forever. Like somebody says, are you new to podcasting? I'm not new to podcasting. I'm so not new to podcasting that my 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 audience should be millions. But, you know, I don't know if a lot of people actually give a shit about spiritual direction and, you know, the idea of going deep spiritually. That's a hard nut to crack sometimes for the for the powers that be and the regular people. Today's show, we're going to be talking about being interrupted. And I will discuss what being interrupted is in a minute. But I want to tell you, our retreat house, what we call the retreat at Ridgewood, is up and running. You can come. So if you're listening to my sound of my voice right now and you want three, four days of stillness, silence, peace. And again, we'll cater to you too. Like, you know, we'll help you through the retreat process. You don't just have to come and just organically hope for silence. We will help you into it. We'll offer you spiritual direction, we'll offer you study, we'll offer you, you know, just ways in which to lock down into silence, into stillness, because that can be a very hard thing. I, I jokingly tell people about my first retreat, my first silent retreat anyway, and it was an absolute shit show like you wouldn't believe. I was supposed to be three days out on retreat in silence and study, and I think I made a day and a half <laughs> before I spontaneously combusted. And for those of you who know me, you know that I, I, you know, I talk and I've got opinions and all that stuff. So, but silence is the way to the divine. Like people are always asking me, "How do I know God? How do I hear God? How do I blah blah blah? How do I, is God real?" Blah blah. And I'm like, "Yo, man, give God. God speaks all the time. He's never not speaking." For the record, like when we look out into the world, like the phys- just look at the physical planet. Like the the planet's constantly speaking, and that is that is literal divine speaking to us. And then there's our relationships, and that's the divine speaking to us. And if you want to get nutty, like a guy like me thinks, you know, God did all this. The divine did all this. The energy, the source, love, the universe. He did all this. So if we sit in stillness and silence, we have a real good shot at um, hearing him, her, it. Her? How dare you? God's a man. Ah, blow it out your ass. Anyways, um, so... Uh, the retreat space is open, so call me, write me. My name and number is all over the place. I'm jr at jrman.com, jrmahon.com, and we will help get uh, you situated with your three, four-day retreat. If you want a longer uh, retreat, if you want to come with somebody, the retreat house is technically set up for two people, but it takes one person very, very nicely. But if you want to, if there's a couple out there, or best friends or something like that, um, we'll get you up and around, so call it right. And we love having you. We the, the, having a retreat here is is wonderful. And uh, we already had some people come and enjoy the crap out of their time. So there you go. Okay, be interrupted. Be interrupted. As I get to my notes here, um, and I really do hope you've all had a uh, a dynamic summer as we head into the fall. Uh, be interrupted. You know, the basic premise of today's podcast is your life is not your own. And for those of you who listen to the podcast <laughs> in somewhat regularity, you'll know that this is one of my themes. And this is this is a theme that I didn't make up necessarily. Um, in fact, I didn't. 
There's a lot smarter people than me out there. I steal this from the Jesus wisdom tradition. You know, Jesus, uh, nobody on the planet doesn't know who this guy is, right? People, everybody everybody gets this guy, right? Everybody knows. Um, Most people align Jesus with rules, right, wrong, up, down, but that is not who he is. And I encourage you, if you are on the track to get to know Jesus or you're curious about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, found in the New Testament, you basically take a Bible, you split it in half, you find the book Matthew, and then you read the first four books there, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you'll discover this, your life is not your own business. Basically, it's like there's other things going on. As human beings, we tend to be very, very centric to ourselves. We tend to be super like only what we're thinking, only what we're feeling, and everybody else kind of takes a back seat at that point, or every other thing tends to take a back seat to that Or we get to this point where ideology or theology or even political ideologies can um, root themselves into that uh, idea of selfishness. So we are selfish, but then have an ideological bent of I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat or I'm a Libertarian or whatever the hell it is. So Jesus is like, yo, your life is not your own, everybody. Like, let's, let's get this. You want your life, you lose your life. You want to find who you are, you lose who you are, right? And these are giant word plays that are based, that, that, that are really wanting you to go contemplative to a certain point, uh, and contemplative um, really start to understand your existence and what you're doing here and what the value is in your life. Hold on as I turn this. Check, check. Yeah. Check one. Yes, okay. I'm just making sure I'm on the right side of the mic. <laughs> JR, will you get your shit together? I know, man. Okay, so uh, contemplatively, we want, Jesus wants, Jesus would like, God would want, Buddha wants, for the record, some contemplative surfacing. There's a lot of Hindu practices that want the same thing. Uh, The Jewish wisdom tradition is filled with this idea of contemplative, you know, really sitting with the deeper questions of life and really understanding what it is. In America, our deeper questions of life are always like, how much money are you making? Where are you living? Uh, what's your climb to the top look like? Are you number one? Right? I mean, this is, these are easy in our culture. Um, me to you, though, real quick. I want you to know your life is not your own. <laughs> this ain't an opinion. This is, just, this is not only my, my wonderful 53 years of experience, but also my spiritual direction-ness helping you into the idea. I just want you to know. Right now, if you don't get it, here it is. Your life is not your own. Um, And the way we'll do this is we'll take inventory of the people in your life. What do you see? Who do you serve and why? So that last question is is a big one. Who do you see? Who do you serve and why? So real quickly, just center with me real quickly. Give me, like right off the top of your head, go. Just name two people that are in like real prominent positions in your life. Go. All right, good. Mine are, let's say, my wife and my children. So when I, when I ask who do you see or what do you see, what I'm really asking for is can you see their wants, needs, and desires? And then as you do that, the next question becomes who do, how do you serve them and why? That's the big, that last one, why do you serve them is always huge because, you know, there's, there's so much like, you know, codependency and addiction and, you know, r- variables for why we come to the relationship table. Um, 
you know, like like social media today, like social media today, especially for those in their late teenage years or even early teenage years and into their 20s. Like you can really understand like the value of a relationship is is really, you know, especially when people are meeting each other online, like people aren't just going out and have coffee, everybody. Right. Like people are meeting people are meeting online to have the hookup. But it's like they're coming to the relationship to simply have the hookup, right? And, and we can see this interplay. Like this is, there's no secret here, right? There's no secret there. So I, so I ask people, what do you see? How do you serve? And why? Why are you coming into the relationship? What is there for you? So a lot of times we can framework this with our children because it's super easy to serve our children and not know that question why, just because love is in abundance between you and your children. Like you've never had to ask, I hope you've never had to ask. I've had to ask because I'm an adopted father. Why do I love these children? But, you know, for those of you who are who had biologicals, right? Biologicals, man, when that kid comes shooting out, there's no, like, thinking, like, why do I love them? But that's the premise, man. That's the premise right there that your life is not your own because immediately you start to attach to people in love. And I would rather you attach to people in love than attach any other way. In fact, I would say any other attachments besides love are probably doomed to be the shit show that they'll be. And that's just common sense. So take inventory real quick with those people that uh, you've thought about. What do you see? How do you serve them? And why? And I just think those are great contemplatives to contemplative thoughts to really start the process of being interrupted. So when I'm talking about being interrupted, it's allowing your selfishness, allowing that centric that thing that happens that we're just constantly focused on self to literally be interrupted. So. Look, there's no secret. And for those of you yelling back at me right now, I'm not selfish. Okay, you're probably the ones that we need to talk to the most. Because selfishness is very pervasive in, in every human that it hits the face of the planet. There are protection mechanisms and safety mechanisms that we put in place, some healthy, some not, more, that, more at times unhealthy, frankly, um, that drive the way and ability that we have a, re- a relationship with people. So being interrupted is the ability to understand that. To have consciousness and awareness rise to the point where you're like, okay, there's other people here. My life is not my own. Service is a delicate balance of love and boundaries. So when you're serving people, it's a delicate balance of love and boundaries. It does have its slippery slope. Ego and fear being what they are, often they often try to create systems of service, but end up looking like structures of loyalty and attention-seeking. Let's do this all again for you. So in our service... Sometimes we get lost in ego and fear, right? And they create these systems that look like loyalty and attention, not just simply love and unselfishness. So again, if you're that type of person, oh, I'm loyal to a fault, and, and you know, or you're trying to seek attention in certain groups or in certain relationships, I want you to hone in on these things because that's the variable of being interrupted. Because what you can really understand that loyalty isn't really a thing. It's just really not. Like love isn't going to create the idea of loyalty, everybody. It's not. In fact, the opposite. Lo- love is going to have boundaries to it. And loyalty is suggestive that I'm going to do uh, everything and everything and anything uh, to protect um, this space. And I don't necessarily think that that's a, a, a great way to stay attentive to relationships. Now, attention-seeking on the other side, like I really want you to understand, like if you're attention-seeking, and again, these are big questions. And for those of you, again, who are yelling back at me, but I don't do that, <laughs> 
again, I ask you to seek yourself because we all have these things buried and deep inside of us. We're human beings. That's what, that's some of the stuff that we do. We must lean on our desire to love and to propel us into service. So love will propel you into service, not into loyalty. It should propel you into service. And what do I mean by service? And here's the other thing. I'm not talking about your life simply becoming a doormat for other people. Like, I'm not talking about you become such a speck of anonymity that you fall completely away. Now, some people will want to do that in their service, and that's cool. Jesus says this other thing. Don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing, and I get it. I get it. Completely, like, challenging us in our, in our selfishness. So when you love, you will propel um, yourself into service. Paul, um, in 1 Corinthians something, 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 says this about love. He says, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Love doesn't have a swelled head. Love doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. (laughs) Doesn't keep score of the wrongs of others. Can you believe that one? I mean, jeez. Doesn't revel... When others grovel. <laughs> you imagine if we just stuck to that one in 2020. Love takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. So l- l- listen, when I when I go back, you know, to some of my notes, it's it's love will propel you into service. So when you're able to really hold that construct or really able to hold that identity, the the verses that I just read for you from Paul, when you measure, if you will how you're moving in relationship that way. I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to hit service. And the way you're going to know you hit service is real easy. You're not going to be thinking about it. It's not going to be a pain in the ass to move in another person's life or to help people with their wants, needs, and desires. You're not going to be exhausted, emotionally exhausted. This is going to be a propellant that actually fuels you and gives you energy and gives you energy. Love doesn't need validation nor will it feel like an interruption. So that love that you're about to give or that you're, you know, you remember, think about those people that we, that we identified earlier. When you're in and you're moving in love with them and you're really taking yourself, you're interrupted and you're taking your selfish desires off the table, you're not going to need any validation because there's going to be a purity in that love. That is interruption. And that's what you're looking for. Love's work bursts with unselfish movement. So consider how you're moving with these people. And I'm and for the record my premise isn't you aren't loving people. My premise is like, hey, let's be more conscious. Let's be more able to be interrupted in our own selfishness. So 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 that's where I am because I believe you're aware. I believe you are conscious. Like everybody, you know, it's all these therapists and psychiatrists and everybody that have the idea that you're you're unaware. It, they're full of shit at the end of the day. You absolutely know what's going on inside of you, but it's just a matter of really contemplatively slowing yourself down and battling through some of these and some of these issues. Love's work bursts with unselfish movement. So again, you're going to see fruits of your labor in 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 some of these in some of this movement, and and you're going to feel it. Joy at seeing another take on joy. You'll take. On joy, seeing another person's joy. Heart-jumping fulfillment, watching people become fully alive in recognition of who they are and where their spiritual mojo comes from. So this last one 
really truly becomes the idea that you're not going to be locked down in a methodology of certainty. That you're not just simply loving a person or valuing a person because they check off your boxes in ideology, uh, ideology or theology. Heart-jumping fulfillment. This is what I'm saying. Love's work bursts with unselfish movement. You receive joy at seeing another take on joy. You, you get heart-jumping fulfillment watching people become fully alive in recognition of who they are and where their spiritual mojo comes from. One of the craziest things to me is that Christian ideology actually forces you into the idea that we should be weary, leery, uh, uh, or, or, or actually divided from other people's spiritual practices and religions. Which again, and if and if you know me, and you, and you know what's coming out of my mouth, it's it's all bullshit, it's all garbage, it's all bent on control, it's garbage. If your church is sticking a dividing rod between you and Buddhists, you and Hindus, you and Muslims, you and Jews, you need to go. That's just how it goes. Like I'm telling you right now, tell pastor guy goodbye. If there's an ideology. Or even a theology, because that's that's not a proper theology. Period. At the end of the story, if they're reading out of, if your pastor's reading out of the New Testament and actually suggesting that you are not hooking arms with another person's religious or spiritual practice, go get out of there, because this this is so it it is the epitome of what I'm talking about today in selfishness. Uh, and anybody that would want to challenge that, frankly. Um, I just dropped my pen. That's like a drop the mic moment. I don't even. So you will burst in love. You will burst in joy. Your heart will jump watching other people's become fully alive as you become more interrupted and able to serve their wants, needs, and desires. Being interrupted. Allow your desire to love become the catalyst for another's desire to love. So those people that you thought of earlier, they have a desire to love, just like you have a desire to love. And by the way, you both have a desire to be loved. And being interrupted will allow that flow between each other. Being interrupted will allow that flow to not only happen with your relationships, but also the earth and the cosmos. Whoa, JR, slow down. Now you're talking about off-earth stuff. Relax, dude. Relax. Don't get so new agey on me. Listen, none of this is new age, man. None of this is. All the stuff that I'm bringing to the table are, are not new thoughts. These thoughts have been around for thousands of years, frankly. It's just the exploration of these thoughts now. Because we're, we're in a time now where we're really gathering freedom to be able to really move contemplatively no matter who you are. You don't have to be a monk. You don't have to be a spiritual teacher. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to read your Bible to be able to move into the space of the divine. And be interrupted and help yourself understand that your life is not your own. So allow that desire in you to help become a catalyst for another's desire to either love or be loved. Um, where are we at on time? Because I don't want to overbloviate. Okay. Here's five ways. And again, I'm not the five ways guy. I'm not the three ways guy. But, you know, I... I struggle with this because it's like, you know, I, you don't, 
yeah, I mean, listen, that's okay. Here are five ways. Uh, here are five ways to be interrupted. Who's around you? Identify them. We talked about this earlier. What are their needs? Lean in and ask. Or don't ask, but simply fulfill the need. Simply fulfill the need. Now, um, again, I'm not talking about becoming codependent. I'm not talking about if they feel good, you feel good. That's not what I'm talking about. But, like, let's just take the neighbor concept. You know, there's a neighbor uh, down the street from me. Uh, not down the street from me. Maybe it's in between me and, and the high school. So maybe it's maybe three miles away from here. But every time I pass this guy's house, the grass is always long. And I'm always like, man, I should stop and and ask and go up there and pound on the door. Hey, man, do you need help mowing that grass? And that's a thing in me. That's a thing in me. Now, I've not done that. But that thing in me, I listen to every single time I drive by. And this has happened to me over the course of my lifetime where I actually have stopped. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. Di and I adopted three kids. And the, of, the adoption of three kids was completely being interrupted. Now, when we adopted those kids, we did not understand how interrupted we would become. <laughs> That's all that goes. And if you were to ask, if, if, if I were to know now, then God knows if I would have wanted to be interrupted. But the point is, is that that desire in me when I drive by that guy's grass is there, just like it's there for you, just like it's there for you. So when you feel that thing that says, hey, stop in there and cut that guy's grass, no matter what the circumstances is, mine will be the metaphor of the grass, if you will, cut the damn grass, pull in and knock and ask. So when you feel that guttural movement to help somebody, to move in their lives, to love them, because that's what you'd be doing, act on it. Get in there and get it done. Get in there and get it done. Number two, join a community movement. Feed people. Write to people. Join a church, synagogue, or mosque. Jerry just told me to not to. <laughs> Sometimes I listen to my own bullshit and I laugh. Join a community movement. Feed people. Write to people. Join a church, synagogue, or mosque. What, I, what I'm doing in community or what I, how I would like you to be interrupted in community, again, is when you join group or movement. And again, for those of you out there protesting and burning shit and looting and pillaging, cut it, cut it out. Just cut that out. There, there's absolutely no love and no interruption in violence or looting or burning. So that that said, so look at it's nonviolent protesting. That's the way to get things done. Okay? Period in the story. Let's be adults. How about we take a page from other great movements of our time that were nonviolent? No movement, no lasting great strong movement came at the cost of violence. Even our country JR? Well, maybe. I mean, we're seeing something here, aren't we? That's a whole nother podcast. So join a community movement. And here's, here's how I want to lead you into the community movement. Like, I'm talking about a community movement that's actually being interrupted and doing things for other people. So again, it's like, it's this idea of feeding people. It's this idea of writing people. Like, I know there's groups out there that write to, uh, to, write to seniors right now because of the COVID. And they're literally writing letters, right? And the folks at the old folks home who can't necessarily take uh, visitors are getting letters and then they're writing back. This is wonderful. And for the record, that generation communicates by writing. <laughs> writing? What's that? Yeah, it's a pen, <laughs> piece of paper. It's amazing. Cursive. Does anybody remember cursive? So, again, what, what is that doing? You're leaning in to the, to the desire of love of another person. 
So that's the kind of community. Now, I'm talking about church, synagogue, and mosque. I want you to join a church, synagogue, or mo- a mosque that at the fun at 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 at, at their fundamentals, at their at their baseline, at their roots, their foundation, is this idea of being interrupted, right? Unselfish movement. Uh, number three, read about you as a human from a scientific perspective or faith perspective or both. What? Yes. Read about you as a human from a scientific perspective or a faith perspective or both. G- get to know the science of you as human. Get to know the science of how you think. Get to know the science of how you feel. What? Yes. Yes. There are people that study your feelings. Where the hell do they come from? What what activates feeling, right? What pisses you off? And why do some have a proclivity to be angry and some not? Why are some more joyful? Right. Let's go to know the science behind it. And then on the other side of that fence, it's on a faith perspective. Like, read people that are outside your traditionality. Read... Uh, you know, read a Sufi author. If you're a Christian, go grab a Sufi book and read it. If you're a Sufi, well, you'll probably read a Christian book, so never mind. If you're a Buddhist, oh, you'll probably read a Christian book too. Oh, if you're a Hindu, oh, you'll probably read a Christian book too. Huh, interesting. What's the trend there? Grab an author outside of your tradition of faith, your wisdom tradition of faith, and read it. Challenge yourself. You want to start someplace great? Read a guy named Ramdas. Read Grist for the Mill. Don't lock yourself into the idea of not being able to move. This rigidness that people have today in their religion or spiritual uh, faith is ridiculous. It's absolutely 100% ridiculous. And frankly, it's ignorant. So read about you uh, from a human perspective uh, from science, like grab something scientific and grab something faith-based. Jer, how is that going to interrupt me? Well, again, it, it it's requiring learning. It, it's you deciding that your life is not your own and not to just simply hold to your box. Number four, learn about another's wisdom, tradition, or religion. Not from a book, but those who believe differently. Ask them questions of their life and love. So listen, again, if you're a Hindu, do you know a Christian? If you're a Christian, do you know a Hindu? Um, you know, and we could go on and on and on with a huge list. Hey, how about this? Hey, Christian, when was, have you ever been to synagogue? Have you ever been, uh, to a synagogue? How about a mosque? How about a mosque? First off, both have wonderful, the, the Muslims and the Jews have wonderful traditions of service, of, of actual, like, you know, service, like church service. And they're both very beautiful. Uh, and, 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 and you would love them. So again, know some people, like get to know some people and then, and then really dig in there, be interrupted in your own faith, be interrupted in your own intellectual prowess, be interrupted in your own study. Um, and then the fifth one is challenge yourself to new relations, new relationships, challenge yourself to new relationships. I'm not asking you to find best friends. If that happens, wonderful. I'm not asking you to um, you know, marry people or, or, or to, to just simply say goodbye to your tribe or your community. I'm not asking you that. I'm asking you to seek new relationships that are outside of yourself and outside of some of the lockdown patterns that you have. Be interrupted. Understand that your life is not your own. I talk to 
hundreds of people every month, and a lot of the same uh, themes come up. One of the themes is, man, I'm doing what I'm doing, and I'm not, I'm not feeling like it, it, it could be making the impact that I really want to make on people and their hearts and their lives. That thing is love. That thing is wanting you to stop and cut the grass. That thing is making you slow down enough to account for how you're thinking and how you're moving through life. I call it spirit, God, divine, the universe, love, whatever you want to do with that. But it's in you. It's in you. We flow from God, not to God. And in that flow, there is such a massive desire to love others, love the earth, love the cosmos, and to be loved. That's it. So be interrupted. Uh, hi, I'm JR, JRMan.com. Uh, you can write me. You can uh, call me. If you want a session, I'm a spiritual director. Um, go ahead and look at my website. You can get all the parameters uh, if you're looking for a session. If you are under any kind of duress right now, whether that's emotional duress or spiritual duress or you just want some of the bigger life questions to be settled or known, uh, I'm your guy. If you're going through some relationship uh, you know, nuttiness, I'm your guy too. We can totally help you. JRJRMan.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com is the website. I also run a nonprofit called Tabletop uh, Ministries. We provide spiritual direction absolutely free for those who can't afford traditional levels of counseling, therapy, or even spiritual direction for that matter. Um, check me out at uh, check that out at tabletopministries.online because somebody had the .com, and frankly, they're not doing anything with it. Never really know about this, but never mind. Um, so if you're looking for spiritual direction, you've come to the right place. If you're looking to put your money somewhere or donate some money, Tabletop um, is a great place to sink some cash into. Um, we are we are an absolute 501c3, uh, legit, um, with a board of directors and all that kind of great accountability. Uh, every dollar, <laughs> every dollar that you all send in uh, goes to people, goes to being interrupted, frankly, and making sure that people... Um, are well taken care of because that's our aim, that's our goal, and to never say no. Remember, the treat house is open. If you need a retreat, call me and we will uh, get you a date. Uh, love all you guys. Thank you so much for being on my journey with me. I so appreciate it. Uh, we're back from hiatus. Next week, there's going to be a show like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> love you all. We'll see you.